Welcome to the Revenue Builders Podcast by John McMahon and John Kaplan. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Force Management. They helped companies, small teams, and individuals accelerate sales performance. Be sure to check out their new online platform, Ascender. Today, a segment with Brent Gleason. Brent is a Navy SEAL veteran and the author of several books, including Embrace the Suck. He now does leadership training programs around the country with Talking Point Leadership. In this segment, we talk about having a growth mindset. You talk a lot about having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And I think that this will really resonate with our audience. Could you talk to us about what you mean by that? Sure. Uh, and initially in my research, I came across uh, Carol Dweck um, and she's a, a known uh, you know, subject matter expert in this space and uh, Stanford professor and all these great things and uh, psychologist. And so in its simplest form, you know, she breaks it down into five categories of skills uh, challenges, effort, feedback, and setbacks. And so we look at a fixed mindset, which is pretty self-explanatory of individuals. And these things, what, what's interesting is these things are situational. You know, we, we teach a lot about leadership resilience in our programs at Taking Point Leadership. And we work with you know, leaders from large organizations all over the world. And we all have similar challenges, regardless of industry, size of organization, um, where that organization is in their life cycle, because we're all human. So there's that human condition that always plays a role in our ability to perform, our ability to engage others, lead others, uh, accept and receive feedback, things like that. But your fixed mindset is traditionally more uh, you know, within those five categories of my skills are my skills. There is no point in working towards developing any new skills because I am who I am. You know, that kind of mentality. Yeah. Uh, challenges, you know, they're going to come. I'm going to take a beating, uh, but I will definitely not seek them out. You know, when it comes to effort, no point in putting effort in towards uh, anything that pushes beyond the boundary of my comfort zone because it will not result in any type of return on investment, if you will, uh, for the time, energy, and emotion that I'm going to put into that. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to avoid that. I'm going to stay right here in my cozy little comfort zone. Uh, feedback. People with a fixed mindset uh, get pretty uncomfortable when they get uh, collect constructive criticism from others. Whereas, again, moving more towards the growth mindset, high performers, and I have the, the blessing and opportunity to work with a lot of high performers in, in our organization, uh, other you know, SEAL team members that you know, did far more than I did. We just brought on one of my longtime friends and colleagues who literally uh, is about to retire 30 years out of the SEAL teams. Got him wow, 30. Uh, Matthew 30. Yeah. Three zero, uh, who literally put my class through advanced training, otherwise known as seal qualification training, uh, before you graduate and go onto your team and is just now, uh, transitioning out. Uh, he's taking over as our VP of programs and, uh, just a phenomenal leader, um, and a really, uh, great person. We're blessed to have him. But my point is, you know, we have top gun fighter pilots on our team. We have behavioral psychologists, all people, who've at some point in their career or still at the peak of their game. And so we get to have all these great conversations internally. And also when we interact with our client partners about what was that mindset that they have, you know, when we talk about resilience, I like the question when you're reflecting on when I, when I've been most resilient in my life, what was true about me in those moments, mm. emotionally or physically, uh, cognitively, why was I so resilient in that moment? And conversely, when I've been uh, 
the least resilient in my life? What was true about me then? So again, these things are, they're, they're cyclical, they're situational. So we don't always have a fixed mindset. We don't always have a growth mindset. When we're put into positions uh, that push us beyond the boundaries of our comfort zone, sometimes initially, we go back to that fixed mindset. <laughs> like this is, I am not seeking this out. I did not foresee this life or work ambush. I don't feel like I want to go down this path. Um, and so, but what's interesting about people who, or, or teams that trend towards that growth mindset is they are intentional in developing their skills continually. You know, they believe in what the Japanese call Kaizen, continuous yep. improvement and continually debriefing what's working, what's not working. How do we apply these lessons learned to be in a continuous state of improvement challenges? Let's seek them out. Let's go find a new challenging opportunity. Uh, or a new way to innovate and be more creative uh, or adaptive with what we're trying to accomplish. Effort, it's always there. Regardless of what they're trying to accomplish, whether it's a small menial task or a large lofty goal, uh, resilient people and teams are always working beyond the boundaries of their comfort zone, almost continually. It's, mm. it's really fascinating to, to research this, talk about it or experience it. And going back to feedback, and I've seen this and I, you know, again, someone who's more of a conflict avoider, this is something I'm always working on. Sometimes I don't want constructive criticism. My wife gives me plenty of constructive criticism every day. <laughs> and sometimes I, I don't want to accept it. <laughs> and sometimes I get a little, a little, uh, you know, touchy about it. And she's like, you're not practicing what you preach. And then I get more annoyed when she says that. <laughs> and I would say this if she was sitting right here, but I remember one time after a, uh, an initial uh, interaction with a new team member, former, you know, uh, Marine Lieutenant Colonel, Top Gun fighter pilot, Top Gun instructor. Uh, the joke was, when, once this movie comes out, nobody's going to want to hear from Navy SEALs anymore. They're all, they're all going to want to hear from Top Gun fighter pilots, which seems to be true. And we sat down and he took his glasses off. He's like, all right, what do you got for me? I was like, I, think, I thought it was great. You know, and, you know, you know, I was giving him all this positive. He's like, no, 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 no. We'll talk about that later. What do you got for me? And he meant like, what could I improve? And I don't mean just like kind of casually. He was very, very intent on collecting constructive criticism, like a deep desire to improve, not just from our own self-reflection, but from the feedback and insight of others. And that is something that we see all the time in organizations where when leaders, for example, are ripe for development, they have that mindset where they yeah. are very accepting of not just their own personal perception of how they're doing as a leader, but they want to collect really, really good, constructive, anonymous or non-anonymous feedback from those that they lead. And that is one of the best ways to build trust and accountability in an organization is when we, when we lead with that mindset. You, you talk about in your book, you talk about one of the ethos, and I think it's not only a Navy SEAL ethos, but it's it's your personal ethos as well as my training is never complete. And therefore, that's how you hold yourself. You, you have this mindset of my training is never complete. So therefore, I'm open for feedback and I'm constantly looking for continuous improvement. Um, hey, I want to talk to you about this one concept in the book just really blew me away because I, I think it is so well described. You talked about the instructors, so we'll talk about, we're kind of switching gears a little bit here from a leader leading people. 
you talked about how the instructors would always be able to spot the gray man. <laughs> and I thought that that was such an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable characterization of exactly what we're talking about. Maybe somebody with a fixed mindset, which is I'm, you know, I'm doing what's required of me. I'm not comfortable being uncomfortable. Therefore, I don't want to make a mistake. So I don't want to stick out. And you talked about the instructors in the first day or a couple of days, they'd look and say, okay, where are the gray men? And, and could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And I want to talk about how to lead gray men and women like that and to help them get out of that. But talk a yeah. little bit more about what that means. Well, we all sometimes want to be the gray man or woman. Yes. You know, if we don't want to stick out, we don't want to, we don't want to suck, but we don't necessarily want to be like pushing the boundaries where we're, we're getting noticed. And then obviously yeah. you're opening yourself up for criticism. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm guilty of that all day long, but uh, yeah. And, and go, going back to training, I actually want to equate this obviously to organizations as well, because yes. you have these three subsets of people in an organization as well. The biggest bulk is sort of that gray area of your sort of, relatively disengaged people who are, yeah, like you said, they're, you know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm not going to go above and beyond. You know, I don't want to suck, but at the same time, I also just want to kind of punch in and punch out. And so there is a huge temptation, obviously in SEAL training, especially when your class is at the beginning of its journey and it's large, you know, you get a couple hundred people and you just kind of want to blend in. You don't want extra attention from the instructors. Nobody does. Uh, maybe some people, but <laughs> Goggins. I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, maybe Goggins. But I did not want <laughs> extra attention from the instructors. But at the same yeah. time, I wanted to perform. I wanted to be the fastest runner. I wanted to be the fastest swimmer. I wanted to perform in the obstacle course. You, know, you want to do well. Um, and it, it kind of initially is for your own personal benefit in that journey. But you quickly realize and students quickly realize you'll go further faster as a team. So everything you do is in boat crews in those early days. So seven person yeah. teams, six enlisted students and one uh, uh, naval officer who is the, the coxswain of the boat crew leader. Um, but the instructors look for people who are trying to blend in. And so yeah. there is no, it doesn't work. So it's kind of, you learn quickly, don't even try. <laughs> Just do your best, support the person to your left, support the person to your right, have that team mentality and go all in every single day and worry about the evolution you're in right now. Worry about passing the run, getting your fastest time and making it to breakfast. Then worry about the pass fail evolution you have between breakfast and lunch, focus on that yeah. then. then make it to lunch. So you have this really interesting uh, ability to compartmentalize or some students do uh, to focus on not what's happening tomorrow, obviously prepare for tomorrow when you have the time and energy to do so, whether it's from a, from an academic standpoint, from a test you have to pass, cause there's this whole academic side of SEAL training as well. Uh, and you have to make the grade too. So that's one of the things, one of my biggest takeaways was learning. Don't, don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow prepare, but don't stress about it. Cause it's not in your control right now. Worry about what you're doing in the moment and being excellent at what you're doing right now. But don't and you so, also have gray men and women who self-sabotage because of this oh, yeah. fixed mindset? <laughs> isn't that a dangerous, it's slippery slope, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's like, and then they self-sabotage and they say, well, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it for the, t you give an example in your book about, I'm, I'm not going to do well on the test anyways. Therefore I'm just, I'm not going to study. And so they, they yeah. don't even, they self-sabotage. Yep. And it happens in, it happens in work too. 
Oh yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get that deal right now, or I'm not going to be successful <laughs> this quarter. So I'm, I'm not going to prospect today because yeah. it's not going to do me any good anyways. How do you lead people out of that gray area? It kind of goes back to what we were talking about before is, is really, you know, and this is one of the many burdens of command of leadership is really helping them emotionally connect to the goal that the team is trying to accomplish, that shared sense of purpose, uh, common values, common goals, strategic prioritization. Uh, you know, with the organizations we work with, it, these things always come up. It's the same thing, like, like accountability, trust, communication is lacking. And then once you peel the onion back and do a, a root cause analysis, if you will, you realize it comes down to structure, to process, to priorities, role clarity. And the same thing happens in SEAL training with boat crews, for example. In the full episode, Brett really translates what he learned in his SEAL experience to what that means for us as leaders, as revenue builders. Don't miss the full show linked in the show notes. Find that growth mindset this week. Thanks for listening.